Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Charlie Brennan, Amy Mark scores with you on a Monday morning. We want to hear from you. 314-436-7900 to text or call. We've gotten the text line, Charlie. You're blowing up the text line this morning. People saying, good to hear Charlie back. Another texter said, great to hear Amy back with Charlie this morning. Um, Another texter apparently feels like today is just a much higher quality show and said, this is not a joke, not a joke. Uh, (laughs) Not that you're not high quality, Charlie. Um, And said, I know this is because of Charlie's presence. So personally, I'm offended, but. (laughs) I'm sending high quality vibes throughout. Hey, uh, there's also, let me read this text. uh, 436-700, there are text line. Uh, Brennan, we would love your payment from Visa. (laughs) Here's MasterCard saying you are now in arrears. Please send money. (laughs) Well, you don't want to be in arrears, Charlie. (laughs) Definitely not. Um, Well, uh, something else that you don't want to happen, which has almost happened to me more times than I can count, but thankfully has not. Uh, Getting hit by a car. If you're a pedestrian, you're running, you're walking, maybe riding your bike. And I think I don't have any cyclist friends who have not had a collision with a car. Um, And it's only a matter of time. I'm told, you know, frequent guest, Jonathan Clements, Mm -hmm. three times. No way. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty serious cyclist, like does the it, long He rides. is indeed. He, yeah. he runs a humble, doll, humble dollar website, per, personal finance, but he's a big biker. Yeah. And uh, oh, my good friend, Joe McGlynn, Rusty Keeley, many others have had yeah. some issues. And you know? I think for me, the chan- the times when I've almost been hit the most is uh, when you're running down a road and someone's pulling out of a parking lot or a driveway or another street and they're turning right, but they only look left. To see if traffic is coming. Well, at least they're looking and they're not on their phone. <laughs> I mean, Give them some credit. They're not texting. That's better. Well, Trailnet wants to hear from you for their 2023 crash report. They want to know, okay, what are your close calls? What are the accidents you've had for your crash reports? Uh, whether you are running, walking, or biking. And to give us more information on that is Cindy Mentz. She is the CEO of Trailnet. Cindy, thank you for joining us this morning. Sure. Good morning. Good morning, Amy and Charlie. I'm Good. excited to be here to talk about our crash report. Good morning, Cindy. Big fan. Yes. Well, and I mean, I've been, I always say it's it's a super morbid joke that I know where I'm going to uh, die. And that's going to be on Skinker at Forsyth, just, you know, trying, you know, running into the park, crossing Skinker. I know that those red lights are optional for a lot of drivers, especially early in the morning. So what do you exactly need for your 2023 crash report? What do you want from listeners? Oh, um, so our crash report, this will be our fourth edition. So we started to do this uh, during the pandemic. And um, each year we, we report on the number of crashes that we see the number of fatalities for um, pedestrians and cyclists and vulnerable road users. And each year we kind of put a different spin on it. And last year we focused on um, 
natural bridge and some of the changes that happened there and so some impacts of some of the projects. And this year, what we're looking for is for folks to, set, to share their stories because we want to really emphasize the human side of these crashes and these numbers. Um, I, I'm so sorry to hear that it is such a popular thing to be hit by a car, um, whether you're on a bike or whether you're, you're walking. Um, it really it's um, what you say is really uh, very upsetting, and it, it seems to be happening to everyone, um, whether it's a close call or whether they actually get hit. Cindy, does it ever occur to you and others uh, that Missouri is one of 12 states that does not require driver's ed in high school? Absolutely. So um, so one of the things that, that is great that we've been working on is distracted driving legislation. So Missouri is the 49th state to pass distracted driving legislation. And there is some... Um, there, there is driver's education is also mentioned in that. And um, locally here in the city of St. Louis, uh, there looks to be some funding um, that's going to be available for driver's ed that will be um, uh, programmed through uh, the mayor's office um, to address driver's ed. So, yeah, I mean, anybody who's grown up in a state that had driver's ed, you're like, really? People are just put on the street. Oh. Well, that's I'm so glad my co- my regular co-host Chris Ranji isn't here because he grew up on the Illinois side and he loves to hit Missouri drivers over the head with the fact that they don't have driver's ed. He goes in Illinois they care. In Illinois you at least take a class. Missouri it's it's uh letting people go. I I personally think I'm like, well, Missouri drivers they're they're not as bad as Illinois drivers and we like to go back and forth, but I'm pretty sure my arguments are empty hmm. because you do you have so many close calls not only cuz people aren't looking the right way, but it has to have been exacerbated by texting and the there are so many other things our phones whatever it may be pulling our attention away from driving. Yes. Um, and you're, I think that when it comes to, you know, driver's ed um, and, and getting kids trained around, you know, it's like strapping your kid into a rocket ship and then just sending them off to school. So cars, you know, although they become safer for the driver where you've got, you know, airbags on three sides, um, it has definitely gotten worse for pedestrians out there. Um, and so... Yeah, we're definitely seeing those increases. Okay. A couple of things also. Um, we're not taking it seriously. We are just not taking it seriously. There is a restaurant owner in near North St. Louis, Andy Karanjif of Crown Candy. I can't tell you how many videos he's posted on Twitter showing all sorts of cars flying through the stop sign in front of his restaurant. And he posts them, and you know they, they don't stop and look both ways. They don't they don't slow down. They just fly through. And you might say, okay, where are the speed bumps? Why doesn't someone install a forty five hundred dollar plastic speed bump to at least slow these people down? Where where are the leaders? Then let's go to another tourist attraction, Ted Drews, mm. young man, horribly killed a pedestrian in front of that place, and then another woman around this past Christmas was also. Uh, hit by a car. Thankfully, she didn't die. Where's the traffic signal that could easily be installed? It's 2024. We used to put people 
in spaceships from St. Louis. They could orbit the <laughs> Earth. Today, we can't figure out how to get a crosswalk up. Oh, it's coming later. It'll be in six months. What? People are getting hit. It's not a priority for our leaders, Cindy. And that wasn't a question, I realize. Cindy took a... She's gone out. She, she's gone to the ATM or took something. Took a smoke break. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, Charlie's talking. But, but you know what? You, you, as I've told Amy in the past, you go to Salt Lake City. Uh, if they have a dangerous intersection, what do they have? They have orange flags. So that when you cross the street, <laughs> well, you hold the flag up. And you saw them somewhere else. Where was it? I did see them. Where were we? It was we? Jackson Hole. Jackson yeah. Hole. Jackson Hole. I mean, we- it's not rocket science, folks. <laughs> I'm not. A, and I have to be fully transparent. <laughs> she um, hates orange, orange. I don't like the orange flags. I'm like, oh, my gosh. You look like an idiot crossing the street. Okay. You would flag. never date a guy. This is Cindy. She told me she would never date a guy who <laughs> carries an orange flag across the street. Okay. Well, I, I think that Amy really honed in on the right turn being dangerous. So we've all experienced that. You're in a crosswalk. Someone's taking a right turn, and they, you know, they run, they can run right into you, and you're like, hey, and you put your hands up. So part of it is the infrastructure. Yeah. Part of it is driver behavior. Part of it is missing consequences. And part of it is the design of our streets. So if we start mm. with the design of our streets, you say it's not rocket science, but it is engineering science. So there is engineering tools out there that can be used to slow traffic down. And our biggest challenge is getting people to accept that this traffic calming infrastructure, like a speed hump or a traffic circle, it's going to slow you down. It's going to get in your way. But that's the point. Yeah, I understand that. And you know what? Did you see the story in the Wall Street Journal about Carmel, uh, Carmel, Indiana? They're using roundabouts, Mm. which are real. They're all over. Carmel, Indiana is so popular now because of the art and the the, the schools. People are moving there from Texas and California. But what they've done is they've used these roundabouts. I know Cindy knows about this. And instead of a traffic light, it just slows you down. Now, we install them in South St. Louis, and some people try to go right through them, you know. (laughs) I mean. Well, it's it's definitely a learning curve. It is. Literally. And they work. They slow you down. They're a little bit confusing. But once you figure it out, um, you you move along your way and everybody kind of takes their turn. And isn't that what our traffic should be like? Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be you're getting into my territory and I'm protecting mine. Right. It's like we should move like a school of, sh- of fish and allow folks to go where they need to go and to, to make room for them and to be you know more forgiving and allow folks to get where they need to go because speeding really doesn't yeah. get you there anymore. I think that's a good point, but also at the same time, mm-hmm. you walk around downtown St. Louis and people are walking in the middle of the street. I mean, they, oh, they yeah. never cross the crosswalk. And speaking of people on phones, a lot of pedestrians are on phones wading into traffic. And I do like going to some cities, Europe especially, Cindy, where the bike lanes are segregated. They're, you, they they have like these physical barriers preventing the cars from getting into the bike lane, and I know you I know you've seen this because mm-hmm. you know yeah, you're an expert on this. In St. Louis, so we've been working with the city and with Greater St. Louis Inc. Um, to put in on Tower Grove from Tower Grove Park up to Cortex will be the first two way protected cycle track. So that's exactly what you're talking about. That's the infrastructure that we're pushing for. And what this crash report does is it highlights the top 
10 corridors that are the most dangerous in the city and the county so that every time they design, build, or maintain that roadway, they have to think about all users, and they need to address them. So you mentioned Grand. Grand, for the fourth year in a row, is the most dangerous corridor in the city of St. Louis. Hmm. So by this crash report keeps those those streets in the headlines and so that we can hold our elected officials feet to the fire to get those changes in place. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, go ahead. Oh, no. And I, and I was going to say uh, that we have a texter from the 314 who said, I almost got hit by a car out for a run this weekend at a four way stop. I agree with Charlie on the lack of Empathy drivers simply do not care about pedestrians, and most of them are on their phones. And what's funny is, before that text, we had several texts in a row of drivers saying, well, cyclists shouldn't be on the street anyway. And they, I don't like cyclists. Cyclists need to get on the path, and they get frustrated. I imagine that you being with TrailNet, you see a lot of that pushback from drivers who are irritated with cyclists. Yeah, this report, you know, everybody's a vulnerable road user. When you, The minute you get out of your car, you're a pedestrian. And so that behavior isn't just limited to cyclists. And um, I think that, you know, some people are using their bike just to get from A to B, just like people in a car. They're legal users of the road. And, you know, in the city of St. Louis, we're built for 800,000 people at least. On a good day, how many people are in St. Louis, Charlie? So there's plenty of roadway. Yeah. Um, we can make room for pedestrians, and we can make room for cyclists, and we can change the infrastructure and add these traffic calming, like Charlie mentioned, having the traffic circles, bump outs, speed humps. All of those things help slow people down so that everybody can get where they need to go safely, like a school of fish. You know, we just yep. need to get from A to B, and it doesn't have to be, you know, getting out there for a fight. Hey, can I can I ask yeah. you a quick question? It's a little bit off uh, the topic, but uh, I believe there's a, a bike trail. I think it's uh, it's in the works right now called the Rock Island Trail. Do I have that correct? You do, but it's not going to touch St. Louis at this point. Boy, yeah. it, sure, so it sure would be nice if it did. I, I think it's going yeah. to start in Franklin County, right, and go across the state. But there are a couple of gubernatorial candidates on the Republican side who aren't in favor of it. So I, I have this theory that, especially as people get older, they like to vacation by biking, and they go everywhere from Banff to Provence to do that. And it would be nice if we could kind of make uh, Missouri an even bigger tourist destination for people who like to ride bikes. Oh, yeah, it would really complement the Katy Trail. What we've seen with the Katy Trail, Trail and the economic impact and the health impacts of that, giving people a safe place to go out um, and exercise. Um, there's events out there. Uh, the Rock Island Trail would definitely be the same, and I know that they're raising funds for it now as we speak um, to help implement that. Um, so, yeah, the Rock Island Trail, you know, would and if we connect them, then you're going to have this huge, like, uh, loop in uh, in the state of Missouri. So um, they can all work together. And so, you know, we have Great Rivers Greenway here in St. Louis building those trails and greenways, but we also need folks to be able to go from their homes to those locations as well. And that has us using the streets and finding a safe place for people walking, people biking, people in wheelchairs, people outside of cars to safely get 
from A to B. And it starts with slowing folks down. She is Cindy Mentz, the CEO of TrailNet. Cindy, before we let you go, how do people find that survey so that they can participate? Um, You can find it at um, um, trailnet.org. It's on our banner. Um, And you can just click there and tell us your street stories. So at trailnet.org, we'd love to hear more from you and be able to show the human side of the impact of these fatalities um, from cars. Excellent. Cindy, thank you so much. Sure. You're welcome. All righty. Cindy Mentz, CEO of TrailNet, trailnet.org. He's Charlie Brennan. I'm Amy Mark. Scores, this is The Chris and Amy Show on KMOX. Charlie Brennan. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Amy Mark scores with you on a Monday morning, and the texts are coming in. Uh, we have a 636 says, I love Chris and Amy, but it's so good to hear Charlie and Amy back together. Charlie cracks Amy up, and it's so fun to listen to them. <laughs> you you were cracking me up on the phone this morning. You called a couple times. I believe I said you were obnoxious. <laughs> Sorry to stalk you. Yeah. Um, also, it's interesting, people have a lot of feelings about the pedestrians. Uh, one, uh, uh, Several texters have said, if bikers want to be treated like automobiles, start having them stop at traffic lights and stop signs. Another said, bikers never stop at stop signs. Isn't that illegal? So I, I think we struck a nerve with drivers and cyclists. One person said, what about... Um, he said, drivers are horrible, but what about pedestrians that never look up from their phone? I had a woman walk right into my car. I was parked, and it didn't even disrupt her. <laughs> These are all good points. Yeah. You know, it takes two to tango. Uh, um, but the law does say that uh, bikers have access to the roads. So the bikers do have the law on their side. I understand there are some roads which I feel are way too narrow for both automobiles and bicycles. Yeah. Uh, Wideman Road, for example, I can never understand how people go up and down Weidman on a bike. I've done it myself. <laughs> so I understand it can be done, but it just seems so narrow on the way to Queenie Park there. Mm-hmm. Oh, and there, are, yes, and around that same area, kind of that town and country into Chesterfield, Creve Corps, really beautiful roads for running and biking. But there are points, Ledoux Road, I mean, you're in the middle of the traffic lane. There's no shoulder. I I, I do. I did have a friend who died in a bike accident. Oh. Um, in North St. Louis, the late great Rick Beard, wonderful guy, and I also have a friend who lost his his mm. uh, his wife to mm. a bike accident in Monroe County. Mm. Off. Well, we will talk sports with Matt Pauley. He's Coming Charlie up. Brennan. I'm Amy Mark. Scores the Kansas City Chiefs, baby. They're back in the Super Bowl for the 17th time. Playing press on the outside, Mahomes will throw it. 
in the pocket. He's launching one long. Marquez Valdez scantling catches the ball at the Raven 30 on his backside. This game is over, and you can doubt the Chiefs. You can dislike the Chiefs. You can disrespect the Chiefs. You're going to have to deal with the Chiefs being the AFC champions for the fourth time in five seasons. The Chiefs have the Lamar Hunt trophy, and they're taking it to Vegas for Super Bowl 58. Oh, baby, those Kansas City Chiefs. Man, oh, man, they're in the Super Bowl again. And today's KMOX Sports Update is sponsored by Renner Garage Door, R-E-N-N-E-R, forward and back, family-owned and top-rated, RennerDoorSTL.com. And now we're joined by KMOX Sports fella, Matt Pauley. Matt, I assume... I would hope that you were cheering along watching the Kansas City Chiefs game yesterday. Yeah, that was uh, that was a fun one. Both games were pretty solid uh, yesterday, but just good to see. Uh, you know, it's it's incredible that the Chiefs are able mm-hmm. to in in a season where we all thought that this was about as bad as it's been in the Patrick Mahomes era. Here they are, still getting to the Super Bowl. It's uh, it's pretty fun. I would ask a quick question: Does your daughter like Taylor Swift, and did she watch any of the game? Um, either because she likes football or because she likes Taylor Swift. She's a little, you know, she's four, okay. so I don't think she quite knows who Taylor Swift is. <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you, uh, when we're playing music in the car and she's in the car, it's a lot of like contemporary Christian music, mm-hmm. and she sings along with those, so she knows all those songs. But she's not quite to the uh, point of like knowing artist mm-hmm. yet. I'm sure as she gets a little older, she uh, just based off her personality, I'm guessing she will <laughs> like Taylor Swift. Yeah. Um, but I, she does like watching football. That's the thing. Like when I've got fun. sports on, she'll come and sit down with me on the couch, and and she knows what it is, and and she enjoys it. So that's been fun. Well, and again, not to harp on the Taylor Swift thing, but I will say we had some friends, some families over, some couples to watch the game yesterday, and there were a couple sweatshirts that said "Go Taylor Swift's boyfriend." <laughs> <laughs> so. I don't know if you saw this video yesterday, and I'm not trying to make this all about Taylor Swift, but I, I was actually really happy to see something. So she was in some sort of like scrum, and and Tony Romo, the analyst for CBS, was there as well. And uh, Romo looks at her and says, you know, they say hello, and Romo says to her, you, you do good work or you do a nice job. And then she looks at uh, him and says, well, you do too. And she talks about how it's a different sk- like a s- skill set. Mm-hmm. And there was something about her recognizing that Tony Romo as a as a broadcaster and an analyst is talented in what he does and he's got a different skill set than she does. I I don't know what it was, but I, I appreciated seeing that and hearing that from her. Yeah. It's just amazing when you're a city the size of Kansas City and Taylor Swift is making weekly appearances, if not more. I don't know. She she might have a condo there for all I know. Uh and uh it's just gotta be a big boost. It has to put a little extra bounce in your step if you're the typical Kansas Cityan. It's fun. I mean, it's just fun, and we've all been doing the thing where, you know, because she's got a concert in Tokyo next week, and everybody's been saying, well, if you get on a private jet, is there enough time for you to make it to the Super Bowl? And it looks like there is enough time, so we'll see if she actually does that or not. But the Chiefs, I mean, they've just become a team that – 
everybody knows who they are. They've got some of the most uh, recognizable players in the NFL in both Patrick Mahomes and, and Travis Kelsey, and now they've got uh, they're connected to maybe the most famous person uh, in the United States. It is it's it's rather remarkable that it has all gone down the way it has. Well, as soon as uh, we found out that the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl and that Taylor Swift would be in Tokyo the night before for her last Tokyo show. I think this was the conversation people were having. All right, first things first. What time is it in Tokyo? They're 14 hours ahead. I thought it was 13. Houston Daylight. So it's 14 hours ahead? Yes. We're sure it's ahead and not behind? Guys, their clock's on the wall. Okay, so it's almost 11 o'clock in Tokyo. Yes. Ginger? Yeah. Get Larry and Ed. Anybody left in my office? We'll be in the Roosevelt room. I'm sorry, 11 in the morning, 11 in the afternoon. It's 11 a.m. That was the conversation we had. So I think she can make it. I think it's a 12-hour, 45-minute flight. What is that from? West Wing. Ah, I should have known. It's from the West Sorry. Wing. Yeah. Sorry, yes. So, yeah, I, I think she'll be there. I would guess she will, yeah. I wonder if this is something that Vegas will have odds on. I mean, you can oh, bet on anything. odds on everything. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm sure they'll have odds on uh, whether or not she's going to make some sort of cameo appearance during the, the halftime show and things like that. Absolutely. So, now, does, oh. does she still have her detractors or, or have people oh, gotten yeah. over that? Yeah, I, I bet if you look at the text line right now, there might be people complaining about the fact that we're talking about. I can't bring her up in sports open line without people complaining about the fact that we're talking about Taylor mm. Swift. And the incredible thing is I saw a chart, and it doesn't mm-hmm. include yesterday's game, but I saw a chart of how many times she's actually been on screen during these games, and it came out to less than 1% of the entire broadcast, like 99.12% or something was not Taylor Swift on these broadcasts, and the total time of Swift was like a minute and Mm. eight seconds or something. So it feels like we're seeing a lot of her, and I get it, Mm. uh, but we're actually not seeing that much of her when you compare it to what else is going on. I'm sure that's true, but after the game yesterday, Mm. there was a camera that followed her as Mm. she was walking on the field and uh i think you know what i'm talking about yeah to me that seemed a little long like especially since the chiefs had just won and they're following the <laughs> girlfriend of the star yeah you know i i, I realize she is taylor swift and i you know, I, I didn't go into a seizure about it i wasn't angry but i thought oh that's kind of a cbs i think it was on cbs yeah. They're spending a fair amount of time following this woman right now. Well, and you're looking, I mean, you're looking at a detractor, technically, because I'm not a huge Taylor Swift fan, but it doesn't mean I can't acknowledge what she's done right? as an artist, as a businesswoman. I don't think there's oh, yeah. anybody who is savvier than Taylor Swift. And here's Oprah, the thing. maybe. Maybe, or, but I mean, to even... Up there, they're, the, they're in the same league, the I would say. influence that yeah, Taylor right. Swift has globally, globally is, I think, bigger than what oh, Oprah had globally. Now, it's funny you say that. I was listening to a French podcast last yeah. week, and they said, you know, she's not that big in this country. And I was very surprised. Huh. Why were you When are you, you listen to a French, French pro- <laughs> podcast, is it in English or is it in French? Well, it, it's, French? it's slow French. See, okay. uh, I'm trying to learn French yeah. in my retirement. So I see when you don't work with Amy, you lose your mental acuity. <laughs> and so I'm trying to keep the brain cells moving, Matt. But uh, Ranji uh, might say the exact opposite. Yeah. OK. Just, well, that Ranji's not here. So <laughs> Ranji can, you know, whatever. Have I, have I mentioned publicly that I used to work with Matt's dad, like hand in glove? Did you have you? Did you know that, Matt? 
I did know that. Yeah. Bill Pauly, one of the nicest guys I ever worked with in my 34 years here at KMOX. He and I worked together uh, with Garden View Care Center, wonderful skilled nursing home. And uh, wow. And it wasn't until you were on the air for like 18 months that I put two and two together. I felt so weird not having, you know, that, because your dad used to talk about you. He's getting into sports broadcasting. He's now in this market, that market. And then I never, you know, that was years ago, and I never kind of... Uh, Realized that hmm. the two of you were father and son. So anyway, oh yeah, he's my uh, he is my greatest promoter, and I love him and I appreciate him, and I would not be where I'm at without my yeah. Dad. And tell him I said hello. I got to give him a call one of these days. All right, I Absolutely. do have we have a texter. It says I am a huge football fan and have no problem with the Taylor Swift stuff, but just shows that some people can make anything negative, even Amy. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. And, and I and I get it. And here's the thing: like I said personally, not a fan of her music for various reasons, but I'm not downplaying what she's accomplished. And here's what I can tell you: the NFL has nothing to lose and has everything to gain by showing Taylor Swift as much as possible because no one's not going to watch the Chiefs game. No one is going to walk away from the NFL because they're showing Taylor Swift too much. They may complain about it, but we know people love football. It is a behemoth. Taylor Swift, just by showing her, making some football fans irritated or mad, who cares? They're getting so many new eyeballs and they're getting the demographic with that they want, which is to increase female viewership. So this is a massive win for the NFL and they should err on the side of overdoing it with Taylor Swift because they have nothing to lose. No one's yeah, going to stop it, watching. Anybody who operates a business out there, if you say, Hey, cause the, the NFL makes money based off eyeballs and they're getting more eyeballs and they're going to make more money because of it. So as long as you're not being asked to do something immoral or illegal, <laughs> if you as a business owner are given an opportunity to increase revenue, maybe exponentially, you're probably going to do it almost no matter what, and that's what Taylor Swift is doing. And this is crazy. We talked to the radio broadcaster, Mitch Holtis, last week. He said since the Taylor Swift phenomenon, since Travis Kelsey started daily dating Taylor Swift, they have the number one radio broadcast of any NFL team. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's the radio broadcast. You can't even see Taylor Swift on the radio. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? So all I got to say is Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift. That's right. And followed by Taylor Swift. If you wrote a book about Taylor Swift and then subsequently got it banned, you would be the number one <laughs> author in the country, probably. Charlie really wants his book banned, Matt. It's the only way to get oh. become a bestseller immediately. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. There's, uh, there's parts of the state that could probably do that for you. Hey. <laughs> I think so. Hey, Jeff City, are you listening? <laughs> We will not believe what Charlie Brennan said. Matt, uh, before we let you go, I think we should acknowledge uh, the Blues, who have been struggling all year. They're in a bit of a hot streak now. Is it five straight wins? It is another really solid win yesterday. They're winning these games in overtime. They have three straight 4-3 overtime wins, two of which were on the road. So they went on a Calgary-Vancouver-Seattle road trip, which is a tough road trip, and they won all those games. They've won four straight games, 4-3, three of those in overtime. They've won five straight games. Uh, they are going to play one more game tomorrow and then go into the All-Star break, and they won't play for about a week and a half. You just hope that whatever momentum they have right now does not disappear during the all-star break excellent matt Polly. we'll talk to you in a couple days thank you so much amy charlie good to talk to you guys thank you
And that KMOX Sports Update, sponsored by Renner Garage Door, RennerDoorSTL.com. Hey, Charlie, I'm excited about, uh, I want to show you something to get your opinion on it, because you personally had George Carlin on your show live at the Muni, right? That's exactly right. Good for you. There's a new George Carlin controversy swirling. I want to get your opinion on it next. He's Charlie Brennan. I'm Amy Mark Scores. This is KMOX. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to start off with a heartfelt apology. I'm sorry it took me so long to come out with new material, but I I do have a pretty good excuse. I was dead. (laughs) So technically, it wasn't my fault. If you want to blame somebody, you're going to have to blame God. That was the voice of an AI-generated George Carlin. There uh, uh, is a one-hour AI George Carlin comedy special that was put up. It's on YouTube. Uh, It was originally credited to Dudesy. I don't know who Dudesy is on YouTube, but it's an hour-long special. Initially, it was assumed that the content was AI generated as well as the voice and the likeness. But the the content was written, I guess, by Dudesy or by someone, but the voice was AI generated. And the family, the estate of George Carlin, is now suing over this fake comedy special. Sounds like, like a pretty good impersonator to me. I know it's AI, but it sounds like someone trying to do a George Carlin. I don't think it sounds that exact, mm-hmm. but I find it somewhat distasteful. Should we play that once again just so that people know what to listen for now? Yeah, so this is the AI-generated voice of George Carlin. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to start off with a heartfelt apology. I'm sorry it took me so long to come out with new material, but I I do have a pretty good excuse. I was dead. (laughs) So technically, it wasn't my fault. If you want to blame somebody, you're going to have to blame God. And again, that's all AI. That special yeah. never, you know, took place. And what the AI did is it, you know, mimicked his delivery and his cadence. It's yeah. not the best, but it's if I didn't know any better, I might think it was him. It sounded too refined to me, as strange as that sounds. It didn't have the guttural sound mm-hmm. that he kind of had. Uh I wouldn't listen to it. I find it a, I find it distasteful. But I'm not sure I want legislation banning it. I, I, I'm not going to lose sleep over it in the middle of the night. But I can understand if I was in the entertainment industry and I was very proud of my work, I would be very concerned that mm-hmm. after I shuffle off this mortal coil that I would, that someone would take my skills, whatever mm-hmm. they were, and try and transform them. I remember once listening, and this is years ago, listening to a podcast with an interview of Sam Altman. And this was before he was with mm-hmm. ChatGPT and OpenAI and all that. And he was saying with artificial intelligence, they'll be able to take uh, politicians, world leaders, and they'll give speeches through AI that they never gave. And you won't be able to tell the difference. Yeah. This is not exactly the same thing. But if you're a Frank Sinatra, Tony Bennett, or you're an heir to them, 
You might be a little concerned. Oh, uh, Whitney be, Houston. Yeah, I'm concerned. People can with, make money off of that. I'm concerned with that. I'm concerned with people who don't have the money, power, status, resources to fight this type of use of your likeness or voice. I mean, I don't know. It Maybe it's used against you in a domestic dispute. It's so easy to get, uh, to get an AI impersonator. Chris Ranji did that. He took my voice. I think it took a couple minutes total just putting in some of my voice from a commercial or something laughter probably laughter just laughter uh and, and made me sound like a horrible person we took ranji's oh, voice really? and yeah. made him the oh, number one that. trumpster in the world <laughs> so biggest, oh that's good yeah but it, but it's scary to me and i think there's got to be some type of legal recourse because i i find it offensive for george carlin but also just people in general, it feels like a violation of sorts to have your image, your likeness, mm. your voice well, saying something that you never said. George Carlin's daughter is the plaintiff. She's taking on these guys. And I notice her attorney is Josh Schiller of Boys Schiller. I mean, this is one of the most successful mm-hmm. law firms in New York City. David Boyce represented uh, Al Gore and uh, Bush v. Gore and many other cases. And Schiller, his name's been attached to some of the most famous lawsuits of all time. So they have, they have the right guy when it comes to copyright law, but I don't know. Uh, this is the wild, wild west. The yeah. laws haven't been written on this yet, have they? No, they haven't. Where the law is trailing behind the technology as it always does. And then speaking of Sam Altman, he, he uh, had some very disturbing opinions about how AI is going to evolve in uncomfortable ways so that AI mm. and certain countries with more restrictive information or access to the internet will respond with a reality that works with that country's government's rules and will respond in a different area of the world with a completely different answer of what reality is. You know where we had coffee on Saturday? Yep. Sam Altman attended the elementary school across the street. You knew that. Yeah, local guy. I don't trust him. (laughs) I don't trust any of it. You don't trust anybody. I don't. I trust Charlie Brennan. He's a Mason jar, maybe. (laughs) Maybe. That's right. That's right. He's Charlie Brennan. I'm Amy Mark. Scores another hour coming up. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.